You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Saturday surprise episode. Welcome to episode 129 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Full of surprises, full of news, full of AFC, NFC action. Crazy times in the weekend. I feel like I say crazy times every week. I need to stop saying crazy times, Drew. Can you, do you have a count of how many times I say crazy times? I'd say every episode I've been on except five. All right, Bill, this is not crazy times anymore. Crazy times is officially canceled. I think it's when you're really energetic. That's just the word that comes to mind. I'm feeling really good. Um, we, uh, we, we trick played everybody. Uh, we're supposed to have episode Friday. Did not. We have episode Saturday because we pretty much knew that, that we're in the, the zone in the area of like news flux. And boy, am I glad that we waited to drop on Saturday. We had, uh, we had a big, big news day, big piece of news, a lot of rumors, a lot of crazy shit going around the NFL right now as we uh, approach the Super Bowl and the end of the, the season officially. But uh, lots to uh, discuss, trying to get you guys ready for the AFC-NFC championship games with DFS, with, uh, with Best Bets. We've got all that slam-packed in the show for you. Uh, before we go any further, of course, this show is brought to you by Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Patreon page, and we have a little bit of extra special news for the Patreon page this week. Um, we have a special guest episode slash just chilling with the boys, just like how how this is just like a, a recorded conversation that went down. Extended conversation. Let's call it that with Josh Robinson. An extended conversation with Josh Robinson that is available if you are a subscriber to the Garage Guys Fancy Sports Patreon page. So if you want to hear what me and Drew and Josh discuss, and there was a lot, and we'll we'll put I'll put a couple of clips from the actual uh, recording at the end of this episode just to kind of give you a little teaser, a little bit, little bit of incentive to get over to patreon.com slash garage guys and uh, go ahead and subscribe to a tier, become an official member of the garage fam. You get to listen to that. And not only that, but you'll also get Drew's DFS rankings and best bets for this Sunday's AFC NFC championship action. So what's not to love. That's like, that's like two birds, one stone right there. It's a beautiful day on the Patreon page. And to add a little context, Josh Robinson was a, start running back from Mississippi State, played alongside Dak, right? So that's yes. what you'll be getting. Played with Dak. He uh, played for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, got, some, uh, got some really cool news. Won't go into it. If you want to hear about it, just go over to patreon.com slash garage guys. You can listen to it. Maybe even some NFL conspiracy talk. 
That, it got that, it got wild. It got very wild. It was definitely like it, 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 every time Josh, if if for the long time listeners here before Drew was on the show, if you've heard the episodes with Josh Robinson, you know the the different doors that can be open and where we go. So it's like rabbit holes. I think that we literally talked about a rabbit um, in this conversation. It was literally a talk about an actual rabbit. Um, in the conversation, NFL conspiracy talk, a little Frank um, Gore talk too, right? Some Frank Gore. I guess, and, uh, I guess we don't, don't need to spoil it though. Yeah. Right? We so. don't need to spoil too much. There, there was a lot of crazy talk. We definitely got a lot more in a little bit more in depth to, uh, than, than what we have before, as far as some things that went down in his NFL career. So, uh, yeah, don't miss out. Go to patreoncom slash garage guys. Go ahead and subscribe to the $8 NFL tier. Listen to the Josh Robinson convo, catching up with Josh Robinson, with me and Drew and Josh, and check out the best bets and DFS rankings and go win you some money on Sunday. Again, Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash garage guys. That was officially a two minute and 47 second ad, maybe three. That's because you're crazy and full of energy. I am. I'm a ball of energy, which we probably should not be right now. But every time I get on the mic, I'm just reinvigorated for my love of the game and for the. I can already tell we're going to disagree a lot tonight. It's going to make for a lot of good, good material. I have never been more excited to just butt heads with you on one (laughs) fucking episode because this is the episode that it's going to happen. Yeah, we know that. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for that, guys. It's going to be it's going to be big. So uh, so let's go ahead. I want to roll in before we get into some some news. Just want to give you guys an update. Uh, Chase's betting school. I've been going through betting school. as much as you know, I've been I've been dabbling in bets. I've been exclusively a fantasy football boy for a long time. I took that off of my Twitter header, by the way. I, I took the fantasy football boy header off. Um, Did you really? Yeah, because I inserted it with FSWA finalist, and I'm oh, stupid. you fancy. I'm stupid excited. You fancy um, boy. I'm gonna brag on myself right now. Um, for for those of you that may not know. Uh, I've been, I was nominated for racing rider of the year through the, uh, fantasy sports riding association. And I made the final three. Uh, so I'm officially an FSWA finalist dream come true. I've literally just, I, the, the whole entire year riding for roto baller, riding NASCAR articles. Um, I've just, I put a lot of time and a lot of work and a lot of energy into it. So even if I don't win, the final award, like I'm just so hyped to be named a finalist because it's just, it just goes to show that like, you know, you work hard for something, you care about something and just like to, to see that recognition and to, to, to get people actually wanting to nominate you for something like that. It's incredibly humbling. Um, and just want to say thanks to the Roto Baller family. Uh, thanks to Roto Baller NASCAR and thanks to the FSWA. Uh, so it's a, it's a pretty, pretty surreal moment when, when I got the, those tweets out. And you get, uh, you get a lot of love from a lot of big, big names in the industry. So it was, it was, it was a great week. 
I'll put it to you like that. And, uh, and I just want to thank all you guys that actually read my articles on Roto Baller, the, those of you that listen to this that are into NASCAR DFS and, uh, and in fantasy NASCAR. Just thank you guys for, for reading and for subscribing and for, and for subscribing to this podcast and for listening to me and Drew talk NASCAR. We've got a, uh, a shitload of NASCAR content coming up for you guys and all you guys that are here for football. I hope you stick around and uh, expand your horizons in a new sport that is growing, that is fun. And I know that me and Drew got a lot of energy that we want to bring to that sport and that we are going to bring to that sport this year. So stick around, give it a chance. It's, it's going to be fucking electric. I promise you. All right, but do, you, do you feel that energy with the electricity behind what we got coming up for the 2020 season? Absolutely. And I can give a personal experience of the people that don't, that have any kind of ill feelings towards NASCAR that are listening is I, when I started, I've told you this chase, when I started playing DraftKings, the first sport I played was actually NASCAR because I had no personal bias associated with it. So I got into fantasy NASCAR and that's what got me into NASCAR itself. So I'm kind of a walking testimony to you can get into something that you have never watched before and actually enjoy it. So just check it out. Hell yeah. And uh, speaking about getting into something that you've never done, getting back to the original topic at hand with, uh, with me and my, my betting classes that I've been going to. Um, so as, as a lot, like I was saying, a lot of some of you listening, you know that like I've always been really big into fantasy, getting into bet the betting world now, and I think that um that I'm I'm the monster has been awakened inside of me. <laughs> it's only um, been a week. It's only been a week. I'm um, already worried about having to like take you to um some kind of rehab. Rehab, yeah. It's possible. It all started my first bet that I ever placed. Literally, this was I, – I, literally, you guys are probably, like, shook right now. But the first bet that I ever placed in my entire life, I took the Titans' money line against the Ravens. So fitting. Last Saturday. And, and it hit. And I was like, whoa. That's the worst thing that could have happened. I was like, holy shit. But, like, I, but I felt it. I knew that. I was just like, Titans got this. You it's the I mean? best and the worst thing that could have happened because, like, you starting with a big winner on an underdog – is great and the adrenaline rush was awesome. I mean, you were so pumped on and I'm always gonna be itching for that now, exactly. which is why I'm also addicted to buying scratch offs at gas stations. Because when I was twenty one <laughs> years old, the night I turned twenty one, you I won. A, I bought a dollar scratch off and won a hundred dollars. So like, basically you're telling me to not take you through the second lesson of sports sports betting. I should just stop right now or should I keep Keep, no, keep because it. hopefully in the second lesson, like I will learn how to be a conservative man and actually do it the correct way because nobody ever took me to the second lesson of scratch off buying. And that's why I got about eight of them on the floorboard of my car right now. So, you know, so yeah, <laughs> definitely continue taking me on this because I definitely don't want to end up, but it's weird. I'll go to a casino. I'll sit in front of a slot machine. I'll put $5 in. I'll win like 50 bucks. I'll get my ticket and walk the fuck out with this. Oh There's my no God. Walking away, huh? Oh my God. Cause it's just like, I feel like I got all the answers. Uh, I'd say, like uh, you're going to love it. You're going to love underdogs. We've already talked about it. We're going to get into it more yeah. with these games, but always an underdog boy. You know that yeah. it's going to be a, a wild ride. I'm just hoping that I can uh, continue to groom you, but let you do the the wild thing that, that you do. I mean, I'm counting on you to steer the ship. Like I've already like tried to grab the wheel a few times. You've probably like, like slapped my hand subconsciously because I've probably already tried to grab it, but like you just got to keep slapping my hand until like we go to, to phase two. 
if I've learned anything, it's I can be very convincing with information and, you know, supply. I can give you the info, but at the end of the day, you're going to go with, with, with your gut. So I know that's going to always be the case. Right. The results speak for themselves. The results will always speak for themselves. Amen. Amen to that. Amen to that. Just a great motto for the year 2019. Um, but we're in 2020 now, so we're going to leave that there. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, um, a lot of, lot of action coming up, uh, this weekend. I, I've been doing a little bit of NBA, uh, new catchphrase, by the way, I've, I've officially trademarked a new catchphrase. This is, this is not a garage guys catchphrase. This is a, a, a chase catchphrase. This is, uh, AKA chase Holden catchphrase, um, AKA garage guy, AKA white rabbit, AKA tree trunk. Um, you probably have no idea where that came from. I'm just trying but. to figure out who Chase Holden is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. I'm Garage Guy. Uh, there you just, go. just Garage Guy. No. Chase Holden trademark. Risk the jibbies. Oh, I love that. We're risking the jibbies. I've never heard that anywhere else. I don't know where it came from, but the other day I'm fucking just sitting in the car. I, I put a bet in, uh, take the over on an NBA game, and I'm like, I'm risking all the jibbies. And I, I said that in my head. And I was like, that sounds incredible. So then, I, of course, anytime I just hear random shit come from my, my wild-ass brain, I have to immediately transfer it to various forms of social media. So I have done that now. And as a result, um, let's go ahead and throw this one into the T-shirt basket of ideas that we have that we have not created yet. Risk the jibbies coming soon. Love the jibbies. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think where you got that from. I, I know there. I've seen somebody. I can't remember who it is right now. There's a DFS guy that says giblets when he wins big. But he, giblets? Nobody, not, yeah, giblets. Just hashtag giblets. No, I'm not. I'm not a giblets. I'm, this is the You're jibbies. jibbies. This is the jibbies. Nobody knows what the fuck a jibbies is. I don't even know what a jibbies is. That's the point, though, right? That's that's it. Yeah, it's like everybody's going to automatically assume it's money. It's not. So there you go. Risk the jibbies. Fairly easy shirt to make. We could even get that one up online probably tomorrow, but it probably won't happen. We'll put it, we'll leave, we're going to leave it in the basket. It's in the basket. It'll come soon. But yeah, uh, betting a lot of great, a uh, lot, lot of great opportunity uh, out of these two football games. We'll talk about that. Let's go ahead and cover this news though. Big news on Friday. Uh, Jason Garrett is officially the offensive coordinator of the New York Giants. Did you see this coming? Because I sure as fuck did. I did not see it coming, but boy, am I excited to have no seasons off of Jason Garrett. It's just fucking, he is the only man that is capable of keeping the Les Miles clap alive. And I don't even know if Les Miles originated the clap or if Jason Garrett originated it and Les Miles stole it from him. But those two guys are the world's best clappers I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't sure, I'm not sure who originated that, but they can share that because they're two very unique people in that they um I don't know, they share some characteristics, but they're very different in some ways. I can't really even I guess quantify what it is, but I guess one's college, one's pro. Um Les Miles is way more interesting and funny to me than yeah. Jason Garrett. Big facts. Jason Garrett like, is just so dull that he's fun to make fun of. 
he needs a better trademark than clapping. Like he needs to be like the guy that eats his shirt on the sideline. Like the guy that just keeps in his mouth and drools on it for like hydration purposes. So like he drools so much, like chewing on his collar that like, if he gets really thirsty, he can just drink his spit right out of his collar. <laughs> like he needs that type of trademark. Cause I feel like he's like that dirty face kid. Like, you know, like, like you ever been like to like a, like a, like a McDonald's or something, are, are, and like you walk in and there's like, you know, this family there and you know that they, they don't have like, you know, they, they're not wealthy by any means. And then they always like, they're like one kid's always running around and like, they're not paying attention. And then there's like the little infant that's sitting in the high chair that's got red hair and it's got like, like, like brown shit all over his face. That's Jason Garrett as a full grown man. So it would be so fitting if he would just like chew on his shirt. So if anyone knows Jason, or if this finds Jason anyway, please trademark that for yourself for the year 2020 in New York because you're gonna need to stay hydrated as fuck <laughs> up there. And and uh, you, you, I don't I don't know I don't know where that came from, but I just think that that he would be the best person to just chew on his collar. I have a better one for you. Okay, so I like your idea. You get all the uh, original idea, you know, the creative mind behind this idea. But I'm gonna take it and run with it with Jim Tom Sula. Ooh. Did you see my meme that I put out about Jim Tom Sula? I did not. Okay, so um, and, and I want you to go into context about where where you were going with Jim Tom Sula. Uh, were you saying that Jim Tom Sula was a shirt chewer? He just looks like a guy that would chew his shirt and like be hungry, like as he's doing it. He's Jim- like <laughs> he can't get enough of it as he's chewing it. You know? I don't like, see how you missed this. Like, so I did a meme a couple uh, days ago where I had a picture of Jim Tom Sula and a picture of Mike Vrabel. And I said, Jim Tom Sula is just Mike Vrabel with extra salami. Oh, really? Did people, was there any backlash of people saying that Vrabel's actually like still a head coach? Yeah. Like there was people that like, there was like, I think like no, nobody get like, I make memes that no one gets for a reason. Cause like, I don't want people to understand what the fuck I'm saying. Like I want, I want people to DM me and be like, what does this mean? Like that's the that's the kind of memes I like to produce. That's the kind of content that I'm into. Um, so See, that one's pretty funny though. Like they should be able to follow that one, right? They I literally had to like go on the comment section and say like it's about the looks. They look alike. Somebody like, took it literally like their football performance. Like yeah, performance. and then somebody came back and said, "Oh, that makes a lot of sense." It's like, well, no shit, Sherlock. Look at him. Like fucking like Jim Tom Sula is a fat Mike Vrabel. Like that's it. It, but, Do you see like, him being a, a shirt chewer, though? Uh, no, no, no. Jim, Jim Tom Sula is not a shirt chewer. He is definitely so we disagree. He's definitely the guy that like has the deli meat like in his jacket pocket and like snacks on it at random times when the camera is turned away from him. He's that guy. That's that. Hence the salami reference. It's he's definitely a lover. It is, bro. It, it, we're here. We and we're, we're gonna keep rolling though. But last thing I do got to say about Jason Garrett, um, the last time he was an offensive coordinator, and I could be wrong here. I'm pretty sure it was for Nick Saban in Miami. Um, who better to be an offensive coordinator for, Nick Saban or Joe Judge, the ex wide receivers coach from the uh, Patriots? How could you not go with Joe Judge? I mean, who right, wouldn't want to go from being a head coach of the like, Dallas Cowboys for how many years and then go work for a – For a wide receivers coach. I mean, who's Nick Saban anyway? You know what I mean? 
Like, it's incredible. Like, this is the time of Jason Garrett's life. Like, if Sergio uh, Dip could just come out of the ashes right now, this would be the best time for him to do it in 2020 just to be at the first Giants game. And I hope to God that they are the, the, like, the, the late Monday night game like in 2020, by some chance, Sergio Dip returns and just like <laughs> covers Jason Garrett the entire night. And maybe we can get with Sergio Dip and make him get so anxious that Jason Garrett chews on his shirt. Didn't we have a cold open with Jason Garrett? When there's some quotes. We have. Yeah, we have had that. But J- there's not a lot of quotes out there with Jason Garrett. He's a very dry guy. Hence why he needs to be hydrated more. So we definitely need to make that happen in 2020. Jason Garrett shirt shoe or 2020. Please start the hashtag garage fan. We're relying on you. Just remember that Jerry Jones said that Jason Garrett is a head coach in 2020. He's going to be a head coach. He, he said that he was just like when all the rumors were out there that basically his time was coming to an end. He was one of Jerry Jones's quotes was, I have no question or no doubt in my mind that that, he's going to be a head coach or that he is a head coach and he hadn't even he didn't even claim that it was going to be for the Cowboys he just was already throwing that out there right dumb dumb stuff but it's just like Jerry Jones has no doubt in his mind that he's still 40 years old I believe I believe that wholeheartedly um so yeah that's coming from a coming from a guy like Jerry it's got to be true what's Um, the record for the for the Giants versus Cowboys next year you say Jason Garrett gets at least one win one and one oh and two you know, it's it's going to be funny. Kellen Moore is supposedly still going to be calling plays um, for that. That was some other news that dropped. Uh, Kellen Moore will still be calling plays under Mike McCarthy's Cowboys um, and our McCarthy's boys, as, as we're going to be calling them from here on out. Um, he's going to still be calling plays. I, you know, I don't know if I'm – I just I don't know enough about this Joe Judge character. Um, you obviously, can't be excited if you're a Giants fan, right? No. Like, this, with these this two is, hires. This horrible. Yeah, you can't be excited with either one. Like, I'd but, much rather have Kellen Moore as my offensive coordinator than Jason Garrett. Yeah, it's kind of like before Matt LaFleur beat it and then went to Green Bay. Um, <laughs> beat it, LaFleur. Beat it, LaFleur. You know, like at least Matt LaFleur had Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback, which in turn is the secret coach of the team. Um, you don't have that at all in New York. So, yeah, it's going to be fun to see how it turns out. And, and you know what? I'll have to give him the benefit of the doubt. I could be completely wrong. He might get in there and just, just turn the fuck up for all I know. I have no idea what's going to happen. I feel like it's just going to be a, uh, a death race for love. Uh, shout out Juice World, gone too soon. Um, but, yeah, it's just going to be a lot of running. I probably – like I could go into predictions about what that's going to be, but that we'll save that for another episode. I just don't. Uh, I, I, I'm with you. I don't see we how we got anyone, a long off season, I guess, right? We do. Yeah, I don't see how anyone can be excited. We'll see what we'll see what the draft entails. Um, the next offensive coordinator job, though, that we got to cover, and this one is definitely got a little bit more spice to it, a little more kick, and a little bit more seriousness. Joe Brady is back in the NFL, and. <laughs> The man is going to be the offensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers, which is the hugest slap in the face to New Orleans Saints fans, for one. Um, th- this, is, this is kind of like when Saban went from LSU to the NFL to Miami. This is basically the same thing that's happening here, um, except if he would have went to the Falcons, it would have been way worse. But uh, Similar, much smaller scale, though. Yeah, much smaller scale, similar. Um, I don't know enough about uh, about Rule, Matt Rule, Brett Rule. I can't never figure out if it's Brett. He looks like a Brett, but it might be Matt Rule. 
Um, and I don't have anything pulled up in front of me. Uh, I don't have my 18 monitors turned on tonight. Um, but, uh, but I, I don't think that it's going to be something that we're going to, to see like a, a, a spark, like in the first couple of games, but as the season progresses, I think that he's going to find his footing again. And I am really fucking nervous about this offense, depending on who is going to be throwing the ball. Yeah. Because that's some big news there. Cause we got the retirement too for, for, you know, Luke Keekley. Yeah. yeah. A lot Luke of change if you're a Carolina Panther fan, but how much more excited if you're a, you know, if you're a Panther fan, you're way more excited getting him than our Giants fans getting Jason Garrett. At least there's a little bit more excitement and buzz around that. And if you're the if you're the Bengals, by the way, if you're the Bengals, how do you not go after how do you not get this guy and pair him with Joe Burrow as your you know, office coordinator? You know, I, I, you would have to think that like Zach Taylor is just obviously got his head stuck so far up his own ass that he just thinks that he is God. Um, that's literally the only thing that I can think of why they would not go after him because you literally are going to have the first pick in the draft. You could literally have this man. All you got to do is pay the motherfucker and you didn't even do that. So now he's in Carolina and now Joe Burrow is potentially going to be fucking ruined by the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I want to believe that he can be great. I do not believe in Zach Taylor. That's the problem. Um, I I want to say that, you know, a lot of great things could happen, but the rumors, I don't know if you've heard the rumors there, whether this is just Facebook hype. Uh, I think I've read a couple of uh, things from Reddit. Basically, Miami is trying to trade up with three first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a third-round pick, and uh, some other stuff for 2021, some other picks. Uh, if that goes down, then – That'd be wild. I'll be honest with you. I would way rather see Joe Burrow in Miami than I would in Cincinnati, just because we might be looking at like the, uh, the, the, the regeneration of Dan Marino in Miami, because you're going to have that kind of hype. Like when Dan came in there, you'll have that. And like Miami would be like sexy again. You know what I mean? Like, like the, the Miami heat's already doing a really great job with the jerseys making Miami sexy again. But you bring somebody like Joe Burrow to the Dolphins, pair him up with, you know, uh, some Fitz magic, two quarterbacks. Yeah, he can learn under Fitz magic. I mean, like, what's not to love? Like, you got all these Saints fans right now talking about trying to, like, trade up, trade Kamara and Michael Thomas away to get like, no, like, it's don't do that. Yeah, it's all speculation. I want to see Joe Burrow in Miami. That's where I want Joe Burrow. Because that, that man right there, he'll bring more energy than Baker brought to Cleveland. That's a guarantee. Miami will be hot again. We might even see Miami Vice come back on television. Joe Burrow in a white suit jacket with the sleeves pushed up, wearing some Ray-Ban Wayfarers. Oh, my God. Like my, I would move to Miami. Yeah. I, I would rather see him in Miami, but I just don't think it's going to happen. And I'm not as quite as down on Zach Taylor as you are. There's just isn't enough time yet. and I mean – Let's be honest, Marvin Lewis didn't leave that team in the best situation after being there for so many years. But I don't – all signs are all signs are pointing towards Zach Taylor not being very – basically just getting that job for being associated to um, a boy in what, – what do you call him? Uh, Beta Piss Boy? Beta Piss Boy, oh, Sean McVay. 
yeah, made a piss boy, got him that job. So yeah, Zach, dude, who is Zach Taylor anyway? Last thing I will say about the Joe Brady OC. Here's a crack theory. Joe Burrow to Carolina. Scary shit right there. I don't know what they would have to give away to get it. I haven't done any research on it, but if you want to go off the narrative that wherever uh, Joe Brady goes, Joe Burrow goes, not not looking too hot for the NFC South uh, for Falcons and Saints and uh, and and Buccaneers fans. Uh, Christian McCaffrey and him together would be incredible. But just go ahead and give him. Just go ahead and give him the Super Bowl. D- DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel with Joe Burrow. Yeah. I mean that that's a good that's receiving true. core. DJ Moore had a pretty good year. You look at the stats. Are the Bengals really going to try? Can you see any any way the Bengals would trade the pick after the way Joe Burrow had that season? I mean, it would take the most, like the largest draft pick package ever. This is too much of a universal stars aligning situation because you got to look at the marketability standpoint for Cincinnati. This is going to be the hottest marketing uh, ploy that they'll have since Chad Ochocinco. Because you've got the hometown kid coming home to Ohio after he was cast out of Ohio, had to come down to the bayou, get a little voodoo magic on him, coming back to Ohio, returning. Cincinnati needs this right now more than anything. So, yeah. and, and the one thing that I love about this situation, I, I, I love me some Joe Burrow, don't get me wrong. I love this way more for Joe Mixon because you know I want to believe in Joe Mixon. Just, just yeah. Joe and Joe. This would be an incredible. So if they're if the Bengals defense is awful, but they have Joe Burrow, then the Bengals just become a fantasy gold mine, right? Because then you can just play their get all their offensive weapons and hope they're in shootouts. Oh my God! And I mean John Ross, Tyler Boyd, Auden Tate. I mean, it, it it can work, and you'll see them get a huge spike. But I mean, we're going to be talking about this all off season. Like, like this is going to be the talk of the town. There's going to be plenty more to say about this, but just, um, just crazy speculation. Carolina, Joe Brady, though, it's, uh, it, I hate it because I'm a Saints fan, but it's, uh, it's exciting times. For 30 Carolina. years old, just crazy. Nuts. That but whole LSU staff's cashing in. Do we uh, want to touch on the retirement a little bit? Yeah, Luke Keegley retiring at 28 years old. Uh, that's another wild, wild thing that no one saw coming. Just kind of like Andrew Luck. So my theory was is that he's going to work with Andrew Luck. They're going to go be architects now. Um, they're going to basically – Andrew's going to build buildings and Keegley's going to tear them down. So he'll be like a demolition man. Business partners, entrepreneurs, and then they'll be back in the league. Not really. There we go. So Andrew construct- Luck will be back in the league, though. I'm calling it. You're going to call that? Okay. I'll go ahead and write it down. He, see, he at least has like seven concussions. And I did you watch the video? By the way, it was sad. You could tell it was killing the guy to retire. Yeah, it was obviously medical. It had to be a doctor or, or a group of doctors that encouraged him to do this. And that dude the, loves football. You know, the the, the Panthers have kind of had like a quiet, woeful season with like Cam Newton doing the shit that he did, and then Keekley retiring, and then you know. So we're we're gonna start. I really feel like though that this is the uh, this is the new trend. You're gonna start seeing a lot of these guys retiring early. It's it's like Marshawn Lynch came out and said, you know, protect you protect your chicken, protect your health. Um, he's he. You're gonna start seeing younger people retiring at earlier ages because they want to make sure their quality of life is gonna be good. The older they get, the CTE shit's real. Antonio Brown's out here proving it. Um, 
you know, and, and even though I was trying to make a joke there, it's really fucking sad, but, uh, you know, it's, I don't think this is going anywhere. I don't think this trend's going to die. I don't either. And especially as you see more people, you know, as the game's physical and you're experiencing multiple concussions, if you see somebody that's tough as him, make that decision to step away, that's going to carry some weight. People are going to think about that. Um, he's as tough as they get. And in terms of his like legacy, I think it's crazy. I mean, he's so dominant. His, his eight seasons have been so dominant that people were talking about him as a hall of famer in only eight years of play. So that just tells you how good this guy's been. Exactly. He's, he's been a fucking monster. I mean, he's, he's wrecked shop in the NFC South and, and just on all teams that he's played. Um, I've watched him for a good many years now and it's just, uh, it sucks to see him go. But at the end of the day, health comes first. Quality of life comes first. You got to do what you got to do. And um, if I was in his shoes, I can't say that, um, that, that I wouldn't do the same thing. Cause I, I want to make sure that I live a long life. I want to make sure that I get to, you know, see my, my kid grow up and that I get to uh, embark on other adventures and other things that I want to do personally. And then there's also the narrative that, you know, that kind of like with Andrew, you just kind of get tired of the game. You know, the game just kind of, it just gets a little bit uh, too much to handle or you just kind of lose your, your lust for it or your love for it. And, um, and, and it's all real. And, and you can't discredit somebody and all the people that are out there burning. They literally had a guy that threw Lou Keighley's jersey in a trash can. And you know by at this point when it comes to the burning of the jerseys and that, all these people do that just because they're fucking insecure, pathetic fucks that just want to go viral. And um, yes, but it, it's really fucking sad to see a guy make a – he literally said Lou Keighley is not a role model threw his fucking jersey in a trash can. And, like, I, I hate that I even saw that tweet because that lets me know that people are retweeting it and that guy is getting exactly what he wanted out of that tweet. Yeah, he just so, got the clicks. So everyone listening to this, if you see shit like that, do not like it. Do not share it. Let it just fucking sit there and rot because I guarantee you if you let it sit there and rot for a day, it'll be deleted by the next day. Guaranteed. fucking T. They don't get sure. what they want. They don't want it. Uh, the other retiree, the one that I, uh, that I thought – Shout out to the clock. Shout out to the clock. We got clock. Um, the one retiree that they, I think you had a very good point. Uh, you said that you thought he already retired, but he <laughs> did not. Antonio Gates announced his retirement officially. Um, I like to think that Antonio Gates uh, wrote his retirement letter about four years ago, and it's just kind of been off at sea, and it just hit shore. And people are just now it. seeing it. Yeah. Because I don't even think he's been on a football field in like two years. Now he played last season, which is crazy. That just adds to the stories. You never know. Like time is so weird with that guy and his career. But when Hunter Henry went down, remember they gave him a call and he came back. So yeah, it's that, weird. That that just kind of plays hand in hand with the whole fact that I just don't watch the Chargers. <laughs> like I feel like I never. I feel like of all the football that I watch every Sunday, I never see a Chargers game. Like they're just that team that exists that I forget about. They're like Kansas or like the state of Idaho. You just kind of forget it's there sometimes. Um, and uh, it's so good, good, good career for him. I, I, I remember I had him back in 2015. Um, I drafted him. I had my team name was the gates of hell. He came off of injury and he absolutely destroyed worlds. I can't remember the exact name. That was when I was watching the chargers. 
by the way. I always try to draft a Chargers player just so I can say, you know what, I'm going to watch the Chargers this year. And that was Hunter Henry this year. It didn't really play out the way I wanted it to. But um, And then you got him because whoops. I accidentally dropped him. Big whoops. And then we bit on him. Yep, and then we did that. So, yeah, um, good career for Antonio Gates, though. Beautiful stuff. Um, last little piece of news, not really huge news, big news, but um, kind of the shit that, you know, that, that that's kind of like little, can drive a little bit of talk. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Bucks are set to unveil new jerseys for 2020. Um, uh, they had a, Atlanta drop the video showing all their jerseys from the years. You can't really vary much from it. And if I can just give Atlanta one piece of advice, um, my my joke, obviously, there's a 283% chance that they're going to be ugly, um, which I I firmly believe because I don't think that Arthur Blank is smart enough to go back to the classics, which I think he should. Just go back to like the early 90s when it was all black and it had like the Falcon with the limp wings, um, the, the Deion Sanders style uh, with the silver pants and the red accents. Go back to it. Just go back to that. Like everybody will be happy. That, I, that's what I want to see for the Atlanta. Like, I mean, that's, that's the sexiest jerseys they've ever had. Yeah, I don't have, I don't have any um, opinion on red helmets. Red helmet, black jerseys. That's what that's what I want for Atlanta. And then I may actually be like, they look good, still suck, but they look good. You're such a Falcons hater. I'm such a Saints fan. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Tampa Bay, I'm actually kind of excited for this one because if I could have it my way, if uh, if I was in a room with Roger Goodell or if I was in the room with the uh, – Roger has nothing to do with this. If I was in the room with Tampa Bay's, uh, you know, team owner, I don't even know who the fuck that is. Maybe I would like to to see us like sitting inside of the pirate ship, um, just kind of like having a you know a glass of a glass of ale and uh, and non alcoholic ale for me. But um, talking about uh, <laughs> just like you know have maybe a parrot on my shoulder, really just in the in the pirate mood. I would ask him to kindly bring back the orange dreamsicle jerseys from the 70s. Um, I think that it's time for the Buccaneers to move away from the red and the brown and the weird shit that they have going on trying to be like the like a low-key Seahawks jersey but really having a horrible time with it. Um, just go back to that orange and white. That shit is sexy. I dig it. I want, whatever Chase, I want whatever Chase wants. I appreciate that. You're you're a true you're a true player. A true I'm just sitting over here thinking if only I could get Chase to focus on a like defensive football strategy as much as the uniforms, then we'd mm. be getting places. Mm. Mm-hmm. You love you love the swag. You know, that's part of your that's one of your yeah. interests. We can talk we can talk about some defensive football strategy. Let's go ahead and get into these oh, two games. Uh this is really like the last time I feel like it's uh it's crucial for you to get that one last DFS kick in um, other than playing a showdown for the Super Bowl. Uh, if, if you want to be able to, to, to sw- swap it up, play some classic, you know, some tournaments, some cash games, this is, uh, this is the last week for it. So diving in, starting off at 205, Titans, Chiefs, um, I think the spread's at seven, uh, over under is 53, and then the money line for the Titans looks really good at, uh, at plus 280. You're minus 340 for the Chiefs. So that's, uh, that's your lines to look at. 
And in the DFS world, uh, I think Derrick Henry is obviously going to be the uh, highest projected guy, averaging around 33 fantasy points per game right now, which is absurd. Yeah, he's been a one-man wrecking crew all all playoffs and a Chiefs defense that is, you know, can give up the run. So no reason to not like him. And, you know, in these small slates, Chase, these – Having the the high the high salary guy usually is not a concern because you can find some salary relief. So I expect Derrick Henry to be pretty highly owned. So just remember Shit. that. Definitely the I feel like if you're not playing Derrick Henry, like you're you're losing out um, at this point because I mean he's definitely going to be the highest owned guy. He's definitely the most expensive guy. I want to say they got him listed at uh, eighty seven hundred on DK this week. So it's just, you know, you, you got to have him in there. He'll definitely be in the winning lineup. I see that as not being a problem at all. You're going against the, the, the weakest defense that you've went against in the playoffs so far. This team has went on the road, defeated all the odds. They've beat the Patriots in Foxborough. They beat the Ravens in Baltimore. They can beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. If they can do what they've done already – there is no doubt in my mind that they can take care of business and get to the bowl. Yeah. The, I think the defense is the only key though is if Derrick Henry or if the Chiefs get up two or three touchdowns early in the game, that's that's how you could see Derrick Henry not have his usual game, right? That's the only way. And even even that, he probably will get there. The, yeah, yeah. No, this this is for me personally, like, I see exactly where you're coming from. And in any other game in any other like area any other running back you're you're looking at that scenario not here and he's still gonna get there he's he's, still gonna yeah, get there. yeah dude Tannehill is gonna just be handing this thing off and but don't let that fool you like you know obviously like you know the receivers for for the titans are, are not you know really favored to do too well i mean but that you really never know what the hell is going to happen but you know aj brown Tajay Sharp, Corey Davis, Jonu Smith, a one Jonu Smith. You know, you you got you got these these underdog weapons out there that that are that are that can do the damn thing if need be. And then Ryan Tannehill leading the charge for these Titans, doing shit that nobody ever expected Ryan Tannehill to do. So it's just it's you you said it a couple of times. Everyone's kind of saying it's, it's, it's they have the team of destiny feel to them. I don't want to say that though. I want to say they have the uh, the team of heart. This team has pretty much had to eat shit for a long time. They have finally gotten their place and their rightful place to be able to say, we deserve to be where we're at right now. And I feel like they're still getting kind of just swept under the rug, except for Derrick Henry. You know, it's a team effort. The team got there. Yes, Derrick Henry is carrying a large part of that team. If not, you know, the whole team. I wouldn't say the whole team, but he's he's carrying the majority. But you you, you still have ways to win this thing. Yeah. And, and 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 like you say, like I, I completely agree. Like, you know, the Chiefs are they're not a team to sleep on by any means. You know, Patrick Mahomes is definitely gonna get out there and get work done. But it's this is gonna come down to defense. This is going to be a defensive game, and I really feel like the Titans' defense has the edge in this one. I feel like that they, as long as they are, are doing their job, which is the most easiest Booger McFarlane, John Madden thing you can say, 
uh, Bill Belichickian, whatever you want to call it. As long as they're doing their job, they're covering, they're staying focused, they're keeping the fatigue down. Um, they, they have shown these past two games that they, they look like a completely different defense from the regular season to now. They've definitely got that hype built up in them. They've got that energy, whatever you want to call it. They've got it, and they're hungry, and they know that they're on a hot streak, and they know that they have what it takes to win. They know, especially I think the biggest thing is just knowing that they've been on the road this whole time. They already know in their mind, look what we've already accomplished. We can easily do this again. I have no idea why the money line's still at, at plus 280 for this team. Yeah, it's actually a line that should be higher. I think that it should be more like plus 400. So I, I couldn't disagree more on most of the takes there. So I'll go into Ooh, my spill. Okay, all right. <laughs> you knew this Fucking one. slapped it hard right there. Plus 400. I mean, that's what it should be. It's just, Are you just still salty because they beat the Patriots? No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I'm actually rooted for him last week. I think I finally admitted to you that I was rooting for him. So, all right, give it, give us your take. That was the like, dude. That that's that you literally just like pulled your pants down and shit all over that team. Plus four hundred. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, no, the reason the line is what it is is because it's it's just people people love the recent success of the money line there, and they're going to probably go back. Like you won on it, so you're going to go back and play it again. But um, you you know, I couldn't disagree more on the take about Tennessee's defense. They've had some really timely interceptions, and like hats off for doing that. But that's not something that's sustainable, I don't think. Um, I think it, this sets up perfectly for a, a comeback down to earth game. They've been on the road, like you said. They've been playing in playoff atmosphere games for how many weeks in a row? In a row now. I mean, even going into the regular season, they were having to win to go to the playoffs. I just think this comes as a natural like letdown spot for the Titans. I think they can move the ball on the Chiefs' defense. I just don't see him being able to to stop Patrick Mahomes. I'm not sure where you stand on if it's a Kelsey or Tyreek Hill game, but I'm leaning a little bit more towards Tyreek Hill, even though both can do the thing. But ultimately, I think that the Chiefs win. I don't think it's going to be a blowout necessarily. Just don't be surprised if you see the Titans return to who they are. They've been playing over their head. So Here, okay, so obviously you know I covered I covered the Titans players. You just covered the Chiefs players. Um, yeah, you definitely got to go with with Kelsey here. He's coming off of a very hot game against the Texans. Granted, I think that the Texans defense are far worse than the Titans defense, um, especially at this point in the season. But one thing I got to backpedal up on you with is uh, when you're talking about the, this team last week um, was la- would would you have said that? going to Baltimore would be the, the come back down to earth game as well. Would you honestly, would you have said that? Yeah. Just look at You got to look, you got to look beyond the, okay. So I put this all in my article, but all right. So the Titans deserve credit for winning the football game, but let's not act like Lamar Jackson didn't have over 500 yards of offense. And the Titans had two stops on fourth and one. They had three turnovers. Like all those things don't just happen game over game. That doesn't, that's not sustainable. Now, can it happen another game this Sunday? Yes. But the chances of that continuing to happen, regardless of who's playing QB, is crazy to think that they're going to get fourth and one stops consecutively. They're going to get three turnovers. Like, do you think that's going to happen against Pat Mahomes? And look, I see where you're coming from. With Lamar Jackson, I do got to backpedal with that. Like, it's Lamar Jackson. 
We've seen him all year. He has been one of the most consistent quarterbacks that we have seen as far as his rushing ability, his, his passing ability. You know, you saw that get a little bit shut down. You saw the interceptions come from that game. But when it comes to his legs, it's very hard to shut that man down. And just they, half the time, the camera doesn't even know where the ball is with the Ravens <laughs> offense. And you have seen that time and time again. I get aggravated with it. It's just like at this point, you got to figure it the fuck out. Like get like eight cameras out there and just get get the shit figured out have it at every angle possible but yeah, would Patrick, you agree they had 500 yards of offense though if you just looked at the score and you just watched the game there's no way because all you would have thought about is oh the titans defense played great right when no the- i mean you have to watch the game to see that and i did watch that game and i saw lamar jackson in all his glory doing everything that he could to try to basically be deshaun what deshaun watson does every fucking day of the week you know, and but he, he did it at a way better level than, than Deshaun, I feel like, did because Lamar is just another caliber of player. You know, they, right. he gave it his all. He gave it his heart. At the end of the day, it, it comes down to the team. It comes down to what the team is doing. It can't just be one player as much as we want to believe it. As much as we want to believe that Derrick Henry is going to save this team, it's not. You know, the, the, Ryan Tannehill is going to be forced to throw that ball in this game. They are going to have to get touchdowns through the air. You're not just going to go in and just constantly run it on on Andy Reid. You're going to wear the defense down. Don't get me wrong. You can do that, but you're going to have to throw that ball, and that's where a lot more of the, the team effort's going to have to come into. You know, and I, and like I said, I, I do see, you know, I I see Corey Davis. He got a touchdown this past week. Um, I can easily see him getting back in the end zone. Um, I can easily see A.J. Brown getting a little more involved. I think Tyron Matthews probably going to be on him if I had to take a guess um, just because of, of what A.J. can do if he's not properly covered. Um, but he, he's been really quiet throughout the playoffs, and I feel like if there's going to be a game where he's going to get a little bit loud, this, this has to be the one. They've got to find a way to separate himself, separate the men from the boys. But Patrick Mahomes is not Lamar Jackson. Patrick Mahomes is a great passer. Patrick Mahomes has proven himself. He was an MVP last year. He can he has what it takes to win and he's going to he's going to get out there and he's going to give it 110%. There's no doubt about that. I just feel 100% that this Titans team has got the underdog mentality. We saw that underdog mentality out of the Eagles 2018. You look and see what they did. And they defied a lot of odds. And I feel a lot of that same energy with this Titans team this year. And I feel like it's just really hard to stop that momentum once it gets going. Really fucking hard. So that's why I'm leaning Titans. But as far as players go on the Chiefs, I am all in on Kelsey this week. Um, so you don't like Tyreek Hill? I'm more of a Hill. Well, I think both are fine plays. They're great plays, but I'm more. I think Tyreek is definitely going to get yardage. I don't know. I feel comfortable saying that he may only have one touchdown. He may be limited. He may not have a touchdown. I feel, like, I feel like you're going to see – I feel like we're going to see some of these other wide receivers get a little more involved. You know, maybe like uh, there's going to be some unusual suspect shit going on. Like, you know, you might, you might see like a, like a Miko Hardman uh, use a lot more. Just they, they're going to have to change it up. Yeah. Because this is, you know, Andy Reid knows that Mike Rabel is is doing everything he can to basically try to be mini Belichick right now. And yeah. he's – What about the momentum for the Chiefs, though? Like you're big on momentum for the Titans. What about the momentum for the Chiefs? They've the way that I look at the Chiefs is this, and the, you take this how you will, this is just something spiraling from my mind. The Chiefs are a team where they are good. There's no doubt about that. They know they're good. 
And that's the thing is they know they're good. The Patriots are out of this. The Saints are out of this. You know, they have nothing really to climb through. I feel like they, they feel like this is going to be, you know, easy for them. That's the way the media is kind of painting it. Um, and even, even after all the things that the Titans have been doing, they still are going to have that mentality going into this because they, they got the stars. They've got the, uh, the, the, I guess the expectation and the entitlement, I feel like uh, factor that this is our year to go to the Super Bowl because all the other big players are out. So this is our time. And I feel like that can be a dangerous mindset. And that doesn't mean they're going to go out there and play any, any less weak or anything like that. But all it's going to take is for Tannehill to do some of the shit that he's been doing in a game. And they start fucking putting that, that hurt to him. And you'll see momentum go down. You can see it happening, but it's going to be a lot tougher because if anything proved that they don't let that mentality shit get to them, it was the Texans game being down 24 points and then doing what they did coming back with 41 unanswered. The Chiefs aren't a team that's going to allow that momentum shift to happen to them, which is why I fully believe that this game will come down to the wire. It's going to be a very close game. But I just think at the end of the day that this defense has been on a, on a pretty good roll. And I think that the defense for the Titans is a little bit better than the defense for the Chiefs. And I think that that's going to be the deciding factor in this game. And I know you don't like to talk about defenses and DFS and fantasy and shit like that. <laughs> but Titans at $2,000, I'll take it. Worst play of the, of the defensive slate. Worst play of the defensive slate. Why not? Just the worst play. Don't, don't do that. All right. If Drew says well, don't. I say – Check it out. <laughs> I love it. We said at the beginning, right, we were going to disagree a lot. Oh, yeah, I love this. This is good. This is good. This is good. So, here's what I will say about the Titans. One thing I like about – and you'll like this point because it's all about motive and um, just feel – I feel like you're big on motivation and stuff like that. I'm a big emotional guy. I'm an emotional, I'm an emotional man, and I put my emotion, my emotional point of view into the game. Yeah, and one point is the Titans have already exceeded expectations by so much that they're going to go out there playing loose. They're playing with house money. You know, they're out there. They've they've had a successful season no matter what, whereas the Chiefs are fully expected to win the game, meaning they're going to have a little bit more pressure. So I'll, I'll say that there is a path to success for the Titans. I just don't see it happening. And one thing we've got to note that we haven't yet is the questionable tag on Chris Jones, who is one of the biggest defensive players for the Chiefs he does not play then Derrick Henry is much more likely to go bananas so just note that injury and if we see him play if he's active he is a difference maker so remember that they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that he is in that they're going to they're going to give up poor Aaron Rodgers <coughs> money 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 speaking of money I feel I feel like we just had a very good conversation about this game Obviously, you're picking Chiefs. I've already picked Titans. Bet my bets are locked, um, and I'm all in on that. So you, you, the listener, it's time to make a decision. Um, there's no agreeing on this, this episode. <laughs> that is that is big facts. Green Bay 49ers. Mine's not the spread. It's just for the record. It's uh, I'm doing a teaser, and you can find my play on Patreon. But I'm not saying that they're going to cover the seven points. Just for the record. All yeah, right, and, and, and you, yeah, you need to make sure that by going to 
patreon.com slash garage guys go read the article listen to the josh robinson uh catching up with josh robinson conversation it's all on there you can do it over the weekend uh yeah money green bay 49ers green bay goes into san francisco another game where i'm bringing my emotion into work before we get into my uh my game script uh i think that we're looking at the spread of seven and a half uh Money line on this one is uh, minus 350 San Francisco and plus 290 Green Bay. You already know where my money's at. I'm, I'm the underdog boy, plus 290, and I'm pretty sure you already know where Drew's money's at on this one. Um, and then you got the uh, over-under at 46 and a half. I, uh, Do I get a lead on this one? Go, yeah, I'll let on the other one. You go. So, for the record, I'm not always on favorites. It's just how I look at the matchups every week, and this week it's the favorites. Um, I'm going to lay a case out, Chase, and then I'll let you rebuttal because I want to see what you can – I want you to come back with some info here. see what I'm going to muster up. Yeah, I want you to muster something up for me. Uh, so, we saw these, this matchup in week 12 at San Francisco, and we saw, I believe it was 36-8 victory for the 49ers, just a dominating performance. And I'm not one to really look at previous box scores that happened – eight weeks ago or anything like that. But I will consider what occurred in that game and how it played out. And to me, when we see the Packers come off of a bye week, two weeks of preparation against probably the, their biggest test of the season in week 12, and they still get beat that bad, that's a clear sign of one team being much more physical than the other. And just two weeks of preparation. And then also when I – I dug into the injuries during that game. We saw three defensive starters, um, three key defensive starters for the 49ers sit out that game, and still Aaron Rodgers and company cannot do anything. That being said, you know, the only path to success that I can see for the Green Bay Packers is turning over Jimmy Garoppolo twice and Aaron Rodgers playing out of his mind, which is possible. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm going to take the team with the better matchups at almost every position and just a team that's much more physical. And I'm going to ride the, the 49ers. Who, uh, I'm, I'm sticking – you can't, can't blame a guy for sticking with his original Super Bowl picks. With the Shanahan boys. Yep. And then that's another thing is the coaching matchup is so lopsided. Everything points 49ers here. Don't be confused. The only thing that points Green Bay is Aaron Rodgers. Is Your the turn. knee. Is the knee. The knee. So, I do, I do have a good bit to say about this. Uh, first off, I have to say this. There is – um, there may be a little bit of bias just because like, I'm really hyped for the Titans in the last game. So I may have a little bit of bias there. There is no bias in this game for me. Um, I love what the 49ers have done this season. 100% love every bit of it. It's sexy. I love George Kittle. I love Kyle Shanahan. I love everything they got going on. They're all over the place and they're finding ways to, to score points and, and do the damn job. Um, you know, the running back game is strong. Debo Samuels has been incredible this season. Um, I, I love everything they've done. It was just plain and simple. There's nothing more I can say to that. Green Bay, uh, the, 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 the hot take is that they've the worst 13-3 and three team that has ever existed, which I find absolutely absurd because any team that's 13-3 and three is obviously pretty good if they can win games. Because at the end of the day, it's about yep. rubbing the win out. And uh, when you rub the dub, you know. Got to love rubbing it out. The gotta, love, gotta love rubbing the dub. So, you know, you, you say the coaching matchup. I'll start there. 
this is not a this is not a coaching matchup between Matt Lafleur and Kyle Shanahan. This is a coaching matchup between Aaron Rodgers and Kyle Shanahan. Beat it, Lafleur. Um, beat it, Lafleur. Get out of town. Uh, if you if you watch any post game shit with Matt Lafleur, you can obviously see that he has no idea where the fuck he is at all times. He's just kind of there. He's a placeholder, and I've said it all season long. I will continue to say it. Aaron Rodgers is LeBroning the Packers. Um, another one of my wild boy takes little Wayne came to the game against the Seahawks. Anytime you get Wayne energy in the building, it shit's real when, especially when you have an entire Lambeau field singing the lyrics of Mr. Carter. Um, so that's, that's powerful right there. Yes, exactly. There is. So the one thing we can go back to is the matchup we've already seen in November. 8-37 8-37 in San Francisco. Horrible game. Aaron Rodgers was held to 104 yards and a touchdown in that one. Um, still no interceptions, though. So, something to look at. And Jamal Williams actually outperformed Aaron Jones, which was kind of the uh, – I mean, it was pretty close, but it was, uh, it was just not a good game for that team whatsoever. My thing is this. Is, is Aaron Rodgers the type of quarterback and is Green Bay the type of team that's going to allow a team to do that to them again? And I, I mean, say no. I say no. The reason I say no is because you've got a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, one Super Bowl, okay? Obviously, he wants another one. He's felt a little bit left out this season with Drew Brees breaking the records he's had. Tom Brady, you know, just being the talk of the town as he always is. There hasn't really been a lot of spotlight on Aaron Rodgers this year. And and the one thing that we know about Aaron Rodgers is that he is definitely a personality. He definitely has that personality. And he definitely wants to be seen and heard. Um, This is his moment to shine. This is his moment to, to state his case and make people remember, hey, I'm still here. This team is still here. My legacy is still here. And this all goes back into the emotional, morale, whatever you want to call it. That's what I'm riding, and I'm riding that energy into here, mainly just because I cannot in any world see this team allowing them to do what they did. And nine times out of ten, when you get one team that beats you, you, you'll see them, unless you're like the Bengals or the Dolphins, when you go back – it's going to either be a lot closer or it's going to result in a win for the team that got their ass handed to them or, or chewed out, especially a team that is like Green Bay. Um, I definitely see Aaron Jones picking up his fucking boots and, and getting back to work in this one. I see him doing the things that he's been doing, that he's been carrying himself into the playoffs. Um, and I see him having a big game in this one, even though it's going up against one of the toughest defenses that there is in football right now. Um, I just feel like the 49ers are not ready. I feel like that there is going to be some little slither of doubt. Something's going to creep in in this game. It's got to be Jimmy G. It's going to allow a lot, just a huge disappointment. And you talk about how the Titans are riding in to uh, a game in Arrowhead with that type of mentality playing loose. That is what the 49ers are going to be doing. And I don't see how you don't see that. Wait, 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 what? You're talking about the Titans feel like they've already accomplished so much. We're going back to the other game. You said you feel like the Titans have already accomplished so much that they're going to be playing loose in Arrowhead. I feel the same way for the 49ers in this game at home against Green Bay. They Titans feel fan, Titans fans would feel 
not that disappointed in a loss that they feel like they're playing with house money. They've exceeded expectations. 49ers have come out of nowhere, I agree, this season. But they're fully expected to win this game. If they don't, I, under, I understand they're fully expected, but, but you take odds and everything else and you take bets and you take money and everything else that there is to take out of it and you just look at the game itself. I feel like this story has been painted before. Like it's been wrote, it's been read. It, it's, it's, it's there. And, and for me, I feel like I see it very clearly. And for other people, it's not. And I want to try to like spell it out as, as best as I can. I just don't feel like they're ready to take that leap to go to the Super Bowl. I don't see that, and I see that want and that, 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 that grit out of both teams. Don't get me wrong, but there's so much more at stake here for Aaron Rodgers. And if there's one thing that we know is when the game comes down to the line, Aaron Rodgers is going to air that ball out. He's going to do whatever he can, and we've seen him in his fourth quarter comebacks, unlike any other quarterback that's ever been, which is his legacy. And that's what we're going to see in this game on Sunday night. That's the Green Bay Packers that's going to show up in San Francisco. This team right here is all the pieces of the puzzle are going to come together in this one. And we're going to see them put on a performance that is going to be absolutely stunning. And it's going to remind us why Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers are who they are. I love it. Going head to head in both matchups. I love the I love disagreeing. I love painting these pictures. And I, and still I haven't hope, heard you that. I want to ask you one thing: Does it carry any weight to you what I said about being on a bye week, two weeks of preparation, and 49ers not having D Ford, Quan Alexander last game, and they still beat them thirty six to eight? Does that not carry any value? I'm not. I don't think the same thing will happen. I agree with you. It's not going to be a big blowout. regular season is completely different than the playoffs. So that so that means nothing to you. Two weeks no. of preparation and key starters being out. Like key, important players don't matter. And, no. Okay. That, it, that's, it, 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 it really doesn't because when you look, if you take anything from the regular season and put it in the playoffs, it's a whole different mentality, a whole different mindset. You're here. The regular season, you got a couple of games coming up. You, you, know, you can take some hits, whatever. You're trying to get to the playoffs. You're here. This is now. This is it. It's just grit and grit, dude. Like so you'd that, rather take I'm, – I'm with you. So you'd rather take guessing would, on mentality and beliefs and people's – if they're ready or not, you'd rather weigh that heavier than key players being out of a game, before, um, a matchup we've already seen, and all those factors. You would just rather go with Jimmy G's not ready to perform at this level. Jimmy G is not going to be able – to handle what's about to come. But you said they're, they're going to be playing loose, right? I don't understand. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get to your – Is it try, if they're loose, they should be able to rise to the occasion. I just see this team falling apart in this game. I can't I – okay. I would love to be able – I'm with you. To you paint just it. A little, a little bit clearer. Yeah, and I mean, like, that's what I can ride on. I mean, I can look at the stats all day and say San Francisco obviously should win this game, and there's no doubt about it, and take your side on this. Mine aren't stats, though. Like, what I just pointed out was not statisticals. It was just well, from what you From what you've seen, players, key players being in and out of the game, the bye week, everything you're talking about in the regular season, I don't look at the regular season and playoffs the same at all. This is, this is completely two different types of mindset when you get down to this close to the wire. 
Okay, then why? All right, I'm sorry. I'm now I'm just starting beef with you. But you said Let's earlier. Go. But you said earlier that if we've seen anything from this Chiefs defense in the, in the entire regular season, it's that they're not that good. And they, that's why the Titans are going to. Yeah, and they have, and they have, they have improved. Have you not seen an improvement in the defense for the Chiefs? Have you seen like a minor improvement but, in the playoffs? But, it feels it feels like that they that they have a little bit more like umph to them. And I know where you're trying to go with it, but let, but let me get to you. Like they definitely have a little bit more umph to them right now. The Chiefs it, or the it, Titans? It, they're they're the the Chiefs. Chiefs defense. I agree. Have a little bit more. But it was but towards the end of the regular season when we saw that. Right. We saw that kind of coming together. Yes. So, but you can take that into consideration with Derrick Henry. I'm not saying taking that into consideration with Mark Ingram or anybody. This is what Derrick Henry has been doing has been some supernatural shit. So at that point, and, and that might not make any sense to you whatsoever, and I, and I get it, but I'm talking about the sheer point of, like, the defense can get a little bit better. I know we're going back to the regular season or whatever, but with Derrick Henry himself and what he's been doing, coming to this defense that's had these problems is a lot more likely that defense is going to have those problems with a back like Derrick Henry as opposed to somebody like Mark Ingram or Sony Michelle if they would have got to that point. Maybe. I'm just trying to compare while we're going into Mark Ingram with Sony Michelle. I was just saying as rational. Just comparing, comparing the back, comparing the type of back that, that that defense is going to be having to try to take down. But you're trying to use regular season information in one game and not in the other. So when we're going back, no, I mean, but listen to me, like that defense, I didn't say that the defense was going to shut down. I see the offense shutting down. For? For the 49ers. That defense is, the defense is what it is. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, anytime that you can see like an offense start like, like declining, I mean, that can bleed over to the other side of the ball easy. And there's been plenty of games that you can go back and note and record to do that. I know you're trying to get a grip on this. Agree I, to disagree. Yeah, exactly. So my we main, had our first fight. We did. There we go. Do you, do you want do you want cookies? You want grapes and pancakes? I do. What's right. funny is for I'm the listeners, you're just not listening. We've already had this whole entire conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, like. Um, so we already pretty much knew we were going to be disagreeing. So just I got to my answer, though. This is the first time you've actually – I've gotten to my answer about when I listed out, hey, it was – they've missed – they had three key starters out. They lost 36 to 8 and had two weeks of preparation. And I finally got you to say it does not matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. In your evaluation. It might matter, but it doesn't, ima- it doesn't matter in your opinion, which is fine. No, that's, that's an opinion. That's why we have these conversations. It's no one knows for sure what's going to happen. A seven point spread is not crazy. You can win a game when you're seven. Point Both of these games. I mean, I mean, you got to line them up that way when it gets down. Just, these are the four best teams in the NFL right now. It's going to make our next show so much more fun, too. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to shit talk when both of these underdogs. <laughs> go it's going to happen. I already know how this happens. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to rub it in my face. It's going to be fun. And I mean, and you can do it back to me, too. But if anything, if anything from this conversation has happened tonight, if you enjoyed this conversation, you want more answers, you want more insight onto how my fucking wild-ass brain works against what most normal people would consider, I guess, just looking at football from uh, – hit me up on Twitter, at GarageGuyChase, and everywhere else social media is. I would be happy to sit and shoot the shit with you 
for as long as you need. Um, if it goes over 30 minutes, I may have to charge you though. So call Carrot Top at 1-800-COLLECT-NOW and um, you can read that up with him. Or you can um, just subscribe and you'll talk to you. Yeah. Hey, yeah, or you can subscribe there. We should, we should get a Slack chat started for our garage fam. So that way, yeah. like if they, if they're a part of the NFL tier, then they can just hit us up at any point in time that they need us. Maybe, maybe we'll do that. But the main thing, like Drew said, is you get over patreon.com slash garage guys, check out everything that he's already prepared for you going into this weekend. Proven winners already had them great season. Last big one is Sunday. Don't miss out. Don't miss out on the Josh Robinson catching up with Josh Robinson exclusive on Patreon. The first conversation on Patreon audio recording that we've ever had. Go get it right now. Any last words other than other than me about to have to go get the Bisquick to make you guys some pancakes? Go get the Bisquick. And okay. I actually enjoyed the disagreements. It was fun. So we need, we need to disagree more. I think we do. We need to start finding ways to disagree. It just shows you the stakes. I think we disagree a lot, but this is like AFC, NFC championship. The stakes are higher. So obviously me and you got more. Yeah. And we, and we have, we have our money on opposite ends. I love it. It's going to be a fun Sunday. Let's do it. Let's do it. Sports party. Pete. You niggas gonna end up in a hurry. You niggas gonna end up in a dirt. Dirt from the trenches had to make it work. Working these for niggas just gonna make it work. Oh, oh, oh. enemy arms. How that's an enemy arms. Take down the enemy's army. Take down the enemy's army. How that's an enemy's arms. I wish the enemy hard Bitch, I'm a star Four little whip and I'm whipping this car I might just park in the yard Catch the eyes like and I rip them apart Fuck it, I got no heart Show no emotions, I live in the dark I don't know why, but that bitch left me scarred I don't know why you just ain't play your part Now you focus on wishing me hard Fuck it, right the bare arms I keep that stick on me arms Under the enemy arms I cannot fold under enemy arms Under the enemy arms Just had to make it work. Working these for niggas just gonna make it worse. Worse. Four. I'm in this bitch with the gang. I'm in this bitch with the gang. I'm in this bitch with the gang. Party, we gon' let it bang. Trouble, we gon' let it bang. Throwing your brain inside. Trouble, we gon' let it bang. Throwing your brain inside. Four. I'm in this bitch with the gang. I'm in this bitch with the gang. I'm in this bitch with the gang. Party, we gon' let it bang. Trouble, we gon' let it bang, go in your brain inside. Trouble, we gon' let it bang, go in your brain inside. You niggas gon' end up in a hurry. You niggas gon' end up in a dirt. Dirt from the trenches had to make it work. Working these for niggas just gon' make it worse. Worse. That's an enemy arms. How that's an enemy arms. Take down the enemy's army. Take down the enemy's army. How that's an enemy's arms. How that's an enemy's arms.
I love, you know, Boosie, Kevin Gates, and Jesus. Everybody don't Boosie, Kevin that. Gates, and Jesus. Hell of a trio, right? <laughs> That's the Holy Trinity, right? That's a T-shirt. Yeah. That's a T-shirt. Everybody, That's a T-shirt, everybody, man. everybody don't, you know, rock with that. Everybody don't rock with Jesus. Everybody don't rock with Boosie. Everybody don't rock with Gates. But I picture their lifestyles, and I go through the same trials and tribulations, and they just teaching me. And I learned through their mistakes and learn what they, you know. Kevin's mad woke. Mm-hmm. Boosie mad woke. Josh, would you would you wear a t-shirt if we got it made that had those three names on there? Josh's, right. Josh's yeah, holy yeah, trinity. We'll put Jesus at the top, Kevin, and Mm-mm. Boosie. And then you got to say the middle. best for that. All right. So you at the top. Mm, I ain't the best Jesus to be. Jesus at the top. Got to save for the So Jesus in the middle. Flair. Where's last on the triangle? Where's last on the triangle, John? I think he's got to be on the top. He he's got to be on the top. top. You got to put him on top. It's like the, put, the food pyramid. You got to put hands on, on the top, too. Hands? hands. Praying hands? Praying hands. All right. Praying <laughs> emoji hands on top. Emoji. 